Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the family drama, the Brinkman Adventures. I'm your host, Eric Schuller. And I'm Sarah Boltman. And we are so happy to be here for this episode. We've, we've had some great past episodes. Very exciting. We were just talking about that a little bit ago. And uh, today is no exception. In fact, at the end of the podcast, you've got some exciting news to share and something that you're going to really want to hear. Right. Something you can be a part of. Exactly. And speaking of being a part of, we have Ian Boltman here with us again. Greetings. Hello. Always a pleasure, Ian, to have you here. Happy to be here. It's always exciting when you have like writer. I mean, we always note that you don't do a lot of the acting. So I do a cameo every once in a cameo while. Cameo once in a while. but uh, I'm it, not a very good actor. <laughs> I do do one guy very well. That's His right. name is Herman Christensen, and that's me. Yeah, he... that's my character right there. Yeah. So when you hear that now, you'll know exactly what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, this uh, this episode we're going to talk a little bit about a story from season four. So it's episode thirty-seven, "A Paradise Lost." So uh, let's go ahead and roll a clip from that, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit about it. Go ahead, Josh. They're not coming in, Jack. They probably couldn't hear the bell over this storm. It's really bad. I'm not sure what to do. Jack, is that a tornado warning? Oh, no. Hey, we need to get everyone into the storm shelter under the chapel immediately. I have about 50 kids running around out here hiding from their parents. Dad. Michelle, you need to get to the shelter. I'm there. It's Mom. What's wrong? You gotta be kidding! I'll be right there! I think she's really, really close. Hurry! <sighs> Who's gonna deliver our baby? Everything is out of control. Lord, I need your help! <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, here we just got done saying that you're never in it, and there you were. I was. I was the camp director, and we actually acted together in that episode. Yeah. That's, that's cool, Eric. Yeah, we had to... One of the few times that yeah, we were They're both... not coming back. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I tried to explain this to someone that the Brinkman family is used as sort of the glue that allows us to kind of hold all these stories together. Good Otherwise, to it, would be it. Very, it would be very disjointed to just have episode... Missionary story episode, but but by pulling it all together with the the Brinkman family, you, you know you get a much better flow and things like that. But one of the things that it gives us the opportunity to do is to have these episodes that are, uh, I don't want to say lighter because that's not uh, pretty heavy to me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say lighter. Uh, I mean, some of them. I are. mean, some of them are things that we can relate to a little bit more easily as someone living in America. Right. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe. There's a heart song, a guy in prison for his faith. We're not going through that, but we do have a crazy day where everything falls apart and we have to figure out, do we trust God in this? Yeah, maybe it's it's a relatability kind of issue. And doesn't drama just follow us all around? Yeah, anyway? it really does. I mean, it more, more so for you. <laughs> we can all <laughs> relate. Family. Well, come on, you can relate. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I can. So uh, for those, uh, I would strongly encourage you to go and, and listen to the episode. Um, but kind of the thing is there's a camp. And basically, there's a lot of problems that happen in the camp, both, both self-inflicted yep. and uh, sort of nature-inflicted. So tell us, how much is based on sort of real experience and how much is artistic license? Right. Well, in this story, we wanted to have Jack kind of getting ahead of himself and um, maybe trying to do something on his own strength. Mm. And in this story, he's trying to pull off the, the perfect missionary camp. 
And I thought, what would be a great way to wreck that missionary camp at this beautiful lake? Because every year our family would go to this lake, Lake Lundgren Bible Camp uh, in northern Wisconsin. And so this story is kind of based off, loosely based off our family's experience at that camp. And so I thought, what if the, what if the lake just disappeared? And that happened, actually. If you remember a few years ago in, the, in Wisconsin Dells, there's a lake there. And the lake dam, Dalton, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, the dam broke yeah. or something, and the lake just disappeared overnight. Yeah. And so I thought, boy, wouldn't that be great drama to have the Jack sit in there, you know, thinking about his great camp mm-hmm. and watch the lake wash away. And that was just the beginning of his problems. And so that didn't happen to us, but that was kind of our imagination. But the, the camp idea is something that our family did for many years. And in fact, the bell that you hear ringing there in the background, that's that camp. Oh, really? Another interesting thing, when we have Jack addressing the crowd, we actually played the episode in the chapel and had all the campers listening to that and responding like they would. So it, it was kind of real in that sense. So too. the audience you hear in the episode are really people from That's our Bible camp, camp. yeah. That's our, really our cool. camp being a part of that story. You know, and a lot of crazy things happened. The way that Jack decided to fix this problem was to do missionary-type events. Mm -hmm. And um, that was also based on something true. Not exactly related to your camp in Lake Lundgren, but a family reunion that we had. Yeah. So our family is going to meet in Kentucky. We have a bunch of siblings. I'm the oldest of 11. And so we thought, let's go and meet somewhere central. So we met in Kentucky. I don't know how we even picked this place. <laughs> how is that central? <laughs> well, it kind of was, but it was this dumpy little campground. And it and, was a very hot, yeah. weird time of year to go to Kentucky. So we all show up there. And I think, did you have the idea before we got there? I don't know who it was. I think it, it was, was your idea. Or I think it was yours. No, I think it was Sarah's idea. It so was Sarah, the Lord. <laughs> so, I think Sarah had this idea. Let's, let's get all the nephews and nieces together and play missionary games. And so you arranged them all. I think my mom was the, the Oma was in there, and she did the Dutch translating thing. And um, we had we had the trust walk. The kids had to catch a fish and kill it and eat it. I mean, it was intense. <laughs> when, Sarah, when Sarah does something, she goes all out. So yeah, we actually, when you live on the mission field, you just oh, that's no big deal. Yeah, and you let it, and it was so fun. The kids loved it. Yeah, well, we'll we, never forget that. We'll never forget that, and we did it together. I mean, I, I think you're selling yourself short a bit because I remember a lot was your ideas. So I think we must have done this together. And this was how many years ago now? A few. A few. But <laughs> but when you hear in the episode. There's sirens going off. The kids are hiding in this storm. They're playing this missionary game trying to smuggle the translation that they had just done, trying to smuggle it to the, past the guards, which were all the parents, <laughs> and get it to the little checkpoint. Well, that really happened to us. Mm-hmm. We had the kids translate the Bible using charades by Oma, who could only speak Dutch, and they would do all these charades so that she would, oh, I know what you're saying. You're saying love. And then she would say love in the language, and they would write down, oh, that's what love is in Dutch. So they translated this Bible verse, and they had to sneak it through the guards at night. Well, this really did happen to us. And I remember standing there, Ian, and, and you, were, you were either looking at the phone and seeing that a storm was coming. Yeah, we saw this terrible radar thing coming towards us. Some of our siblings who had kids involved in this game were just a little bit questioning <laughs> our, our Santa. They're kind of like the Bob character. Like, if yeah. anything happens to my kids, <laughs> Sarah and Ian, and, and we thought it would just be fun. We to, thought it would blow over or yeah, wasn't going to be that big a And more deal. fun if it's raining. And so, so this terrible storm blows in, and our kids are running around basically playing capture the in a lightning storm. Hiding under picnic tables, they, going under trees yeah. by the lakes. And it is, thinking back now, that was the most lightning strikes I had seen 
in a while. It was a big storm. And and so our siblings are trying to gather their children together, who, of terrible. course, are running from them because those are the guards. <laughs> those are the guards. Yeah, yeah, so the kids aren't coming and lightning striking, and then the sirens go off in the tornado. Tornado warning. So it was, and so we all ended up, finally got all the kids into this little area with all the rest of the campers, and we were all singing different yes. praise and worship songs, yes. and I guess the rest of the campers were looking at us kind of weird. <laughs> well, it was so many kids. We probably had a group oh, of yeah. how many were we? Just Fifty of us at 50 least. Fifty of us, and we're all crammed in this tiny basement you know, we're yep. laying on the ground with blankets over us trying to sleep because it was long waiting for this tornado That's to right. come or not. Susan was not pregnant. Well, she might have been pregnant, but she did not go into labor yeah. in so that story. That was thrown in there for good measure for the Brinkmans. But but we really lived through that. And that's a memory the nephews and nieces no. will never forget. You know, that's actually not a bad idea to do at, for example, say a vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. um, you know, because then, then you could teach about missionary work yeah. and, and stuff like that. And it appears like the kids would be having fun. They really were. And, and one thing we did, which I thought was really neat, was um, the trust walk. It came from an idea of just remembering what it felt like to be actually in Ecuador. We had gone down to record a Brinkman adventure, and we went on a wow tour. And we were I was in the heart of Ecuador, right in the place where Jim Elliott and Nate Saint were killed. It's called a wow vision trip, actually. And you live with the Wadani, and they teach you how to hunt with spears. They teach you how to um, make spears. They teach you how to make baskets, how to make, just live in the jungle and how to survive. So you're in the middle of that, and you realize, I've got to trust these people. At one point, I had all these bug bites. I mean, they weren't really bad, but I didn't know what they were. <laughs> and I had to go up to one of the girls, what is this? And, oh, she knew exactly what to do. She had a little plant thing that she, you know, s- fixed me up. And I remember thinking, you know what, when you are going to share the gospel, you really have to trust the local people and realize that they're the experts there. And I remember thinking, we come from this highly civilized society, thinking we know everything, we're going to bring the gospel and bring all our technology and help everybody. We don't know it's pride, but it comes across as like, we have nothing to learn from you. And um, that was one big lesson that I learned in Ecuador and you know other places I've gone to. Is you have got to trust the local people. So in the game, what we did was at the camp, we blindfolded all of the older kids. We made them line up tallest to shortest. And all the older ones had to be blindfolded except the youngest, shortest one. And that one had to lead them around by a rope. So everyone had blindfolded, hanging onto their spot in the rope. And the, the young one had this path to follow around trees, over rocks and all kinds of barriers. And they had to say, step side, you know, just lead them and guide them. And and um, at the end of that, I just said, how did that feel to trust somebody who you couldn't see, but you, you know they were seeing and you thought maybe you were older, so you were smarter. But it was really an interesting way to demonstrate that to kids that, you know, we think we know everything, but the people who are on the ground, they actually see and they really know what's going on. Right. Um, a moment in this episode when Susan finally has the baby or just about to have the baby. I don't, but Jack walks up to her and there's something squeaking on his shoe. Yeah. Susan's like, what is weird, that your shoe? Yeah. Yeah. And then he reads it, and without us knowing what's on there in the moment, he says, oh, my goodness, we've, we've got to pray, you guys. And um, tell us about where did that come from and what was that about? Yeah, I was on staff at a church, and I was going through a really rough time. And I went for a little prayer walk, and I actually fell down this cliff to Lake Michigan and, oh. and um, yeah, scraped myself up. And I was sitting under a little bush, kind of like Jonah in the heat, reading my Bible and looking for wisdom and not getting any. And so I went for a walk along the beach. And as I was walking back to where my Bible was, I, I stepped over something 
that caught my eye. And I just had this thought, go back and get that. And I had taken a few steps down the beach. So that was a weird thought. I should get that. So I went back, got it, looked at it, and it was a balloon with a scripture reference on it, Philippians 4 or 6, I think, where it says, be careful. It said, be careful for nothing. And I thought, okay, I wasn't careful and I fell on the cliff. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? So I dropped the, the, the balloon and I ran back, got my Bible, looked it up. And in my version, it said, be anxious for nothing. But with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And I realized at that moment that God was speaking that to me. Don't be anxious about this situation. And, and even though um, the problem wasn't resolved instantly, um, I had the peace that passed understanding because I knew that God was in complete control of the situation. So I ran back and I searched for the balloon. <laughs> I found it. I put it in a shadow box, which I still have um, in my room to remind me that, um, you know, first God's word doesn't return void. Somebody let that balloon up and it went across Lake Michigan and floated to shore and melted onto these rocks. And I found it just at the right moment. Wow. So God still does little miracles and uses his word to speak to us when we need it. And that's reflected very much in what happens with Jack. So it's the same verse he comes in with the balloon yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, there's torrential rains and things breaking and, and all that kind Babies of stuff. Being yeah. Babies yeah. being born. Babies being born. In the storm. And I think it's my experience that the last thing you want to hear a lot of times is people say, oh, it'll be all right, because mm-hmm. you can't see how mm-hmm. it will. Mm-hmm. But somehow, I think when you read it in scripture, it's just different. Right. I think because there's all that weight of that context that's in there to, to back up the idea of being anxious right. for nothing. Scripture has this way where it's just yeah. just powerful. I had a guy write today and said, I need an encouraging word. He's going through a, a difficult time in his life. And I thought, what do I say to this man? I don't don't know him. And what do I say? And, and the scripture came to mind um, for these light and momentary trials um, will soon pass away. And so I looked that up and I found that scripture and sent it to him. And, and um, he wrote back and said, man, that's so ministered to me. And I thought, well, scripture has a way of doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not me. That's yeah. God's word. It's so true. And it's so interesting. What I found, too, is when I'm struggling with something, I'll open the word and just be reading. And even though it's maybe not talking exactly about my situation even, somehow it just reorients my mind. It settles something in my heart and says, wow, God is bigger. And I can't even explain it. It just does something to my heart. Mm -hmm. So I love that part of the episode because it just, that to me is the shining, gleaming gold. Like God sees you and your craziness. He's got you. He knows exactly what you need to hear. And he Mm -hmm. did take care of you in that situation, Mm -hmm. you know, way back then on the beach and us in this storm with our family reunion. Nobody got struck by lightning or sucked away that day with a tornado. But um, it doesn't mean that those things won't happen either. I mean, Paul Paul talks about being sawn in two. So I mean, shipwrecked uh, over and over and beaten with rods. But they're light and momentary because we have eternity. And he's with us. Yeah. He walks us through. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things as well um, regarding like being anxious is you start getting anxious for your kids. That's that's the one that really gets to me mm-hmm. about that. Be anxious for nothing. And then you remember, OK, you know, God is sovereign and um, we can only proclaim his word and placard him. Uh, we, we can't force situations and circumstances. Yeah. And I think. You know, for me, it's it's kind of like that idea with Jack and sort of this, uh, dare I say, the tempest that he was up against. Uh, you know, like the disciples saying, hey, we had a plan to go across the ocean and then there's this storm. 
And, you know, Jesus stands up and says, be still. You know, so I, I think there's a little bit of allegory for me, at least when I listen to that, the idea of being kind of calm in the storm. And Jack had a lot of other things. He's got the Sharpie marker, the something about the food, wasn't it? Like the pancakes oh, yeah. were. Peter escaped. and Yeah, Peter escaped. Yeah. And, you know, the pregnancy, it's always like at the worst times. Right. Well, it's a, it's a fun story. And I think sometimes listening to things that are going wrong for other people or knowing that everyone can understand those kind of conditions is, is definitely a blessing. We're happy to have talked about this episode with you. And let's let's talk about our special announcement. Yeah, that's right. We are super excited about this. The idea of a missionary camp has been rolling around in our minds since 2016. We thought, how can we get listeners to come together and experience missions, whether that be hearing a missionary speaker or whether that be going on a trip? And we've just been kind of thinking about this. Um, so the creation of this episode, Paradise Lost, was kind of an example of what we would maybe hope to do one day. Well, now fast forward four years, it's 2020, and we have begun to take steps to make that happen. So we just completed our very first trip. We're calling it a Brinkman Family Adventure, where we invited listeners to join us on the WOW Vision trip that I was talking about earlier. Um, It was really exciting. We partnered with iTech and went and visited the Wadani. You hear about this trip in Season 3 of the Brinkman Adventures in the episode called Untouched. And um, those are ongoing trips. So we thought, why don't we welcome people into that? Um, And so this past January, January 2019, Grace, who plays Grace in the show, Grace and I went to Ecuador with uh, Jamie Saint. And we went into the jungle right where the five missionaries were killed and met uh, Minkai and his family Um, the ones who killed them, and were just blown away by the transition and the change that the gospel has made in their lives. So it was such a powerful trip. What it does is it changes your mindset on um, best practices and missions, and it it helps you become a learner, and anyone who's interested in missions should go on this trip. It really sets you up well for um, doing missions in in a super beautiful, sustainable, and a way that supports the locals to be leaders. So it was an amazing trip. We had a great time. I mean, so many things happened that just were super inspiring to our faith, and um, it was wonderful. So that was great. But we have another one coming this summer that we uh, want to invite you to. So, Ian, why don't you um, tell us about where you guys are going? We are going to where the Brinkmans spent the night in the museum in Lying Dinos in season five. And so Otis Klein was introduced in that story and the, and the family okay. went and dug for dinosaur bones. And so we're going to be on the road, Lord willing, at that time, going to conventions and we will show up at the Glendive Dinosaur and Fossil Museum and stay in our RV and spend, I think, three days there digging dinosaur bones, learning how to prep dinosaur bones and doing other fun things. With, with people. so This is a great trip for a family. If you have an RV or you want to get a pop-up camper mm-hmm. or a tent or whatever, go and, and, and join the Brinkmans, do a dinosaur dig. What a crazy, amazing opportunity. Yeah, when it, do we get to do dinosaur digs? Right. And these people own this part of wow. this, this land. And Answers in Genesis does research there. And some of the stuff mm-hmm. that my dad was talking about in a previous podcast about tissue being found in dinosaur bones, yeah. some of that tissue was found at this site. And so these people are really, they're really good. They're top of the line. And, and 
Josh even said in the podcast, he smelt some of those bones and it smelt strange. Like there's a strange odor to them. And Otis Klein was saying, yeah, that white fine powder, they think that's actually some of the tissue still that hasn't decomposed completely yet. So incredible trip that you guys are invited on. So go again wow. to that Absolutely. link. That's a cool. Up. That's a cool opportunity. So please come. We would love to meet you. And we'll be there with a number of our kids, Amy, me, and a bunch of kids. You can actually check that out at uh, BrinkmanAdventures.com. While you're there, you can listen to previews of different episodes and learn some of the stories behind the episodes. And feel free to leave us a comment. Um, we, we would love to hear your feedback uh, on either the podcast or the Brinkman Adventures, or if you got a question for Ian or Sarah or myself, um, or anything about missions, uh, we would love to hear that. So we thank you for joining us and we look forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.